All right. It's the Kids on the Pitch podcast, part two of the WPIAL. Um, I can never say that smoothly. You're a broadcaster, Brandon. You can probably say it better than me. Go ahead. Go ahead. The WPIAL soccer playoffs. Thank you for finishing my sentence. Um, <laughs> and we are now on this uh, talking about girls soccer and the girls brackets were released today. All four, 4A, 3A, 2A and 1A. And we're... Um, we're talking to Paige Petroval now. Paige, the, the head coach at Owl Lady of Sacred Heart. Uh, I guess that's Coriopolis, correct? Yeah, it's technically in Coriopolis. Yep. All right. So, you know, a couple of years back, you were uh, your, your team, I think, turned a few heads and made a nice run to the final. Uh, I think it was that was a COVID year. That was the 2020 season. Yeah. I yeah, it was 2020. Um, we made it to the Bill Finals against GCC and Unfortunately, since it was COVID, we didn't get to go on to like the PIAA, which kind of stunk. But right. ever since then, we've just been itching to um, kind of turn some heads again and make it back there. Well, and you, you know, you had reached out to me at different points uh, at the one point this season and like, you know, you just to share because, you know, sometimes it's tough for all of us to keep up with how everybody's doing from eight classifications and just really hundreds plus teams in both boys and girls. So but you've had some nice scoring punch. You've had a, a nice team. And honestly, your section, well, there was some serious scheduling issues. We'll get to that. Um, yeah. but I, I, let's just talk about fresh off of last night. I mean, you had to play Winchester Thurston in a kind of winner take all section match. And I mean, talk about that game. Let's, uh, went to overtime. It was five, four. What is it? And what is it? Even two years ago, I remember all those high scoring games. I mean, that's probably the, the, the section the, to watch is, is watching your team play all these crazy high scoring games. Yeah. Um, well, you know, we tried to schedule a bunch of our out of section games against some high class opponents to get us ready for playoffs. Um, last night, we definitely had a good one against Winchester Thurston. We were playing at Highmark for the section title. Um, they actually got up on us about uh, just into the second half. It was four to one. Um, so with 10 minutes left, uh, you know, my girls came back and tied it. It was incredible to watch. I mean, just gets the blood running, you know, and the adrenaline pumping. Um, then we went into double overtime and, you know, they could just, they just finished before us um, and they took it away. And it, it was a great match by both teams and it was really, really exciting. So um, it's always exciting with high scoring, but especially with those last few minutes in regulation coming back from thinking we were out of it. Props to yeah. my girls for, you know, pushing through that. Um, I'm sure it was, uh, they all slept well last night, I, I would imagine. Um, yeah. but, and not only that, and the Winchester team had to play twice. I mean, I, I mean, obviously kudos to Winchester for pulling this off and winning to what is it? Three games in two days, um, to, you know, to catch up and, you know, get all their games in. And I, I don't know about that with the WPIL. I don't know what they, what they can do in the future to, to rectify that. Yeah, I don't I don't know really what went wrong there. Um, props to them because I don't envy having to play two games in one evening, especially us going into double overtime. And just we played them about, I think, two weeks ago. And we went into double overtime there and then scoreless. Um, so they've definitely been playing a lot of minutes. And I know that there has been some scheduling snafus, especially in like our section um, with just a bunch of stuff going on and weather and just 
rough issues because there's a rough shortage going on. So there's just a lot of stuff that played into it. So props for them for, you know, getting through that and making it to where they're at. Yeah. What about playing at Highmark Stadium? I mean, is that a good, good little uh, potential tune up? I mean, just good for the team because it's, it's a bigger field than most of the fields you're going to play on. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it is a massive field and I think just the atmosphere of being there and knowing that like the Whitfield championship game is there really can get, you know, both teams in the mood and the blood pumping and rolling. So it was really great. Um, you know, our home field is grass. So anytime we get the opportunity to play a team on turf and get us more prepared, we, we, appreciate it and love it. Um, we are able to get some turf practices going now. So hopefully, you know, practicing on that bigger field on the faster pace, we're going to be ready to go come Saturday. In terms of preparation, you know, for these, for the playoffs, or actually I'm curious, you're down four to one. What are you telling your team? I mean, what, what is, what's the magic words that got those, those kids to, to turn things up a notch? <laughs> I think just to dig and, you know, one of my, one of my girls put it best, I think at halftime and at the start of the game, um, you know, she just, a simple statement that we've all heard a million times, like we've got nothing to lose. If we tied that game, we didn't win section Winchester Thurston would have came away from it. We needed to win. Um, so I think just, you know, we have nothing to lose, lay it all out there. We can do this. And, you know, I'm really, really proud of them, even though we didn't get obviously the result we wanted. Um, I think at the beginning of the season, they didn't have the, you know, mature enough mindset to push themselves at that point. I think we would have been down and out and just kind of trying to get through the minutes, but something just clicked with them and they started playing together. And it was just like a magic moment that they all wanted it at the same time. And they were like, we're going to make this game last longer and push as hard as we can. So I'm really proud that, you know, they've grown not only as soccer players, you know, on the field, but just with the mental aspect of it that, you know, coming back from four to one, I've been in that position before as a player and as a coach, it's not fun and it's not easy to, you know, rip yourself out of. So I'm really, really happy that they were able to do that. So what are your thoughts on the, the seating? I'm looking at the seating right now and I'm seeing, you know, your Winchester got the three seed, you're eight. Um, do you think your section got a little slighted? And is it going to be like it was a couple of years back when you made that run? Like, hey, look, we'll look out for our section because, you know, I'm looking around, you're an eight seed, you got to play seat in LaSalle. Freedom, who used to be in your section, I believe, got the number one seed. They have four losses. Um, I know they played a lot out of their their section and all their wins are in sec. Uh, yeah, all their um, their undefeated record in, in section. But just what are your thoughts overall on the, the, the seedings here? Um, I think it looks really challenging and there's going to be a lot of really good games, especially in the single A soccer with what I've been keeping up on. There's just been a lot of shocking results kind of all throughout the season. You don't really know what to expect from anybody on any given day. Um, but I, you know, I think you put it best whenever you said that we got slighted, it felt like we got slighted a couple years ago and mm -hmm. it really just drove us. So with that mentality coming back, um, I don't want to say it's like 2020 vibes and speak too soon, but you know, we had Seton in the first round and then freedom after that. And I'm hoping that's like a good sign for us to, you that's know, you played in 2020, the same Seton and then, Oh, okay. Yep. And then we had steel Valley after that. So, right. um, it was, yeah, it's just kind of like deja vu almost. So there I'm hoping go. that'll be extra motivation for us. Um, but yeah, I think both sides of the bracket, there are going to be some really, really good matchups. And I'm just excited to see, 
it all play out. Um, I try every year to figure out all the qualifiers that the committee uses and, um, you know, it's a struggle to know exactly what they're thinking whenever they make them, but, you know, trust in the process and this is all happening for a reason. And I think, you know, it's just going to have some really good soccer play out. Oh, I, I can't wait. We, uh, we can't wait. And it's very interesting this year in terms of scheduling, it looks like they are putting, um, you you don't play, I'm sorry, you do play um, Saturday. So it starts off Saturday and then it goes to the 26th, which I believe is Wednesday, correct? So it'd be Saturday, Wednesday, I think this year, and then back to Saturday. Oh no, actually then to Monday the 31st. So it's, I, I mean, it should be a fair amount to spread out the schedule. Uh, and I'm, but I'm sure you're looking at it one game at a time. What do you know about Seton LaSalle? Um, so we actually played Seton LaSalle earlier in the season. Um, we played them at our home field. We came away with it four to two, but it was a really, really tight game. They have some really talented girls on their team and it was close for the majority of it. Um, you know, again, my girls pulled through at the end and just kind of went with each other and stuck together and we were able to get that win. But it's definitely not something that we want to think about the past game. We want to just look forward. Obviously, a lot of things have happened since then for for us and for them. Um, so we want to take it one game at a time, focus on them, look back at what their strengths were and how we can counter them and look at where we need to improve as well um, from the past couple games that we've played. So looking forward to this and seeing Saturday, the girls 1A bracket um, first round games get started. Paige, any last, what, what is the message that you're sending to your players now in the next few days in preparation for, to get ready for this tournament? Um, I guess the message that I've been giving to them all season is that you know, we have a really, really talented group of girls. We have girls that are returning from that 2020 finalist team that we had, and we have new girls that have come on and taken over big roles. Um, and they're very talented, but hard work beats talent every single day. And I've been saying that for years and years. They're probably so sick of me for the past four years saying that to them. But we just need to continue working hard and working together because we're only as strong as our weakest link. So if we work together, we play simple in the game that we know how to play, then I think we can, you know, have another year of turning heads and shocking the whip eel and coming kind of out of nowhere. But, you know, we like flying under the radar. So hopefully that's going to play to our advantage again. Well, we'll be watching, even though you might be flying under the radar, we're, we are going to be watching. So, um, Paige, appreciate your time and uh, hopefully we'll reconnect as the playoffs go on. Oh yeah. I would love that. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Take care, Paige. Thank you. You too. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. So we just spoke with Paige Petroval, uh, Our Lady of Sacred Heart. And a lot of excitement there in the 1A, Class 1A. I think it's going to be another great um, competitive field. And it's really anybody. There's a lot of teams that could win it. And now uh, we're going to change gears and move up to 2A. And we got the coach of the defending uh, 2A champions uh, in WPIL, um, JC Mahan. JC, um, it's great to have you on the podcast. I don't think I've had you on any of our podcasts before or um longer form interview formats, but last year I definitely spoke with you a few times after matches and uh, in the playoffs and, the, and that was quite a run and you're, you're getting ready to do it all over again, aren't you? 
Yeah, absolutely. And uh, again, thank you, John, for covering soccer in Western PA. This has been fantastic to see this. You know, this is my 15th year at Avonworth and, you know, the coverage that you've provided for the game is just fantastic at the high school level. Love it. So thank you. Well, we love doing it. And I'm fortunate that I got a few other people helping me out today. I felt like I was the old guy, um, Rachel Krieger, who helps us out. She had got the screenshots um, and was doing some work for the Times, the Beaver County Times. And she was like 30, 40 seconds ahead of me with getting screenshots up and all this stuff. I was just like, I'm just trying to keep up, you know, <laughs> but uh, I don't know if I can keep up any longer. This, this technology is too fast for me, but um, I don't know. How are you keeping up with all these, you know, the young players and uh, Avonworth uh, you, you know, you, it was unbelievable, unbelievable season last year. And I know it's hard to repeat that. And you knew North Catholic was going to be coming right at you guys this year. And they, they were, they are, they got the number one seed and they, they definitely earned it. Didn't they? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, coming from our section, you know, uh, two wins against us, you know, I'm patting myself on the back a little bit there, but <laughs> is is a is well well deserved uh for them um you know you can't take away that they've been in the final um you know they were there three years in a row winning it two and then we captured it last year um you know a little disappointed that this year won't pan out or have the opportunity for it to pan out for us to meet again in the final um but that's right that's, that's for the committee to, to decide there Right. So you have the, so just to set everybody else up, uh, North Catholic is the one seed in girls 2A and they will take on Valley in the first round. So it looks like the, so you have some time, you'll have dirt Tuesday will be the day that the 2A um, girls playoffs begin. So you have a little bit of preparation time, recovery time, but yeah, you know, on your, and, and then you're on the uh, same side of the bracket with them. Um, yeah, so because you're down at the bottom there and you have to take on Keystone Oaks in your first round match. And but you'll be at home. Um, what do you know about Keystone Oaks? Um, I, I know that they we you know we competed for that with them um for a while in the same section. Uh mm -hmm. that's you know, for maybe this is the fifth year that we we haven't been around them. Uh but I you know, over the years I, I've got to know Roman pretty well. Um so I know he prepares uh, his team's well, and he's trying to build that program there at Keystone Oaks. So um, he's an up and coming coach. So uh, I think he's going to have good thing, his team ready for, for us. And, you know, I mentioned North Catholic, but, you know, we're not going to overlook any team that, that we go in and we're going to make sure we're prepared for each and every team that we play. Do you, are you really leaning on the experience of your players, the experience that they went through last year? I'm sure you don't even have to put too much energy into that it's just a matter of like they they kind of know what they've been what it takes to get to the you know to get through a tournament like this yeah ab absolutely I think that that is is key um you know when when I I mentioned I've been at Avonworth this is my 15th year and I just remember those first few years when we were qualifying for playoffs and you know we, we'd get nudged out or lose a close game to an experienced team that had been there done that in the playoffs um you know so so being on the other side of that you know that does definitely help i, I think will help and be advantageous for us this year as we go through yeah talk about some of your players i know your daughter uh, you know she scored the game-winning goal last year in uh, in the final uh at the whitfield final but i mean there's 
you've like I said, number of players have come back. Just talk about your team, your players, and your contributions, and um, you know who we should probably be looking out for. Yeah, yeah. So um, obviously, a very strong midfield. You mentioned my daughter mm-hmm. um, in there, Nona, and uh, Mina, Sam, Ali, Na. Um, I think we, you know, we play a four-three-three formation. Um, Ali kind of sitting in behind V and Mina, so letting them do what they do best and, and create offensively. Um, you know, we've got a talented striker and Gianna Babusi, um, and then a couple other players up top, Caroline Sweeney, who's playing the target, Katie Petrina. Um, and we roll um, a couple other players up into those forward positions that, you know, we're looking for, for good things for them. And, um, you know, Gia has been fantastic scoring some clutch goals for us this year. And I'd be remiss if, if I didn't point out our defense, our, our back floor and our goalkeeper, um, center backs, Tess Pappas, Eden Schleiss, uh, left back and Grace, o- or sorry, yeah, Greta O'Brien um, came over. This is her first year on the team as a sophomore, tremendous hooper, great athlete. Um, and then right back, Alicia Padalino uh, with Elena Zimmerman in goal. Um, I think, I, I can't remember the exact number right now, but I think we've got 12 or so shutouts on the year so uh, that's pretty close to a record I haven't done my statistics yet so um, but they've been fantastic there in the back and um, well organized and allow again allowing the mids and the forwards to do their thing I asked Paige this question uh, from Olsh and I said you know looking at I, I did my projections and uh, you know I think that the, the TRIB and the WPIL did theirs and it's what they came up with, but you know, with your team's pedigree, do you think you feel like you got a little slighted here uh, with this with this seating? Um, I mean, I know it's it is what it is right now, but um, you know, I don't know. I just I had you guys a little higher. That's I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it is what it is, right? I mean, I think that that's a uh, a well worn out phrase anymore. Um, <laughs> just what we've come to expect in Avonworth as a whole. Um, people don't even really recognize Avonworth, and hopefully we're starting to put um, some things on the map. I know the, the football team's been pretty successful, volleyball, boys soccer, girls soccer. You know, we've all been at least in a boys basketball last year in a Whitfield championship. I mean, our girls softball won the Whitfield and states, yep, last year. Um, so it's a small little community, but I'll tell you what, these these kids are fantastic in the community, and the coaches that are here are just top notch. And, you know, you go by our weight training room all summer, these kids are working out, putting that extra time in wanting to get better. And it's just a great culture that Avonworth is, is bringing to the table. And, you know, I think we're under the radar still. Um, but, you know, I think people should get a little bit more, more love here in Avonworth. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, it'll come. <laughs> Well, I, I do have to give credit to Mount Pleasant because they, they they scheduled a few teams out of their section. They had to, and they they won a lot of those games, and they were sixteen and one. So it's hard to take away their two seed. And then South Park, you know, they were beaten by Mount Pleasant, um, and so that's maybe that's kind of where. And then uh, Knock, you know, won their section, but you know those. That's what I said. Like somewhere on there, I think you guys just have to go out there and prove it. I guess that you know you're better than all those teams. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you, you have to win the games. And, you know, mm-hmm. that's where, you know, we've said it's like, you know, last year we were the sixth seed. 
Uh, the year before that, the five, we made it to the final both of those years. So, hey, we're used to being in this spot and, you know, just go win the games. That's all it is. Well, that's it. And and I think that's, you know, a, a, again, a testament to your section. Again, last couple, having to play North Catholic so many times, I think it, it prepares you for this, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. And I mean, there are two teams in our section that didn't even make the playoffs in Quaker Valley and Central Valley um, who are quality teams. And, you know, I think that if you plug them into other sections, you know, they probably slot right into a playoff spot. For sure. So uh, as you prepare, uh, you have Tuesday. What's your, uh, you know, your preparation schedule? How do you prepare for get your team ready for playoff run? Yeah, so was super nervous about having a game on Saturday because our homecoming is late. So in coaching girls soccer, I know trying to have a game in homecoming in the same day wow. is most ideal. So I was trying to mentally prepare, prepare them for that Saturday. Um, but so just had whatever, whatever request you made to the WPIL, it, it, you got it. I guess it went through. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Somebody was looking out for us on yeah. that one, but, mm-hmm. but yeah, so it'll be nice. Um, we'll, we'll train this evening tomorrow, uh, but give the girls off Friday for the homecoming football game, uh, the deck, the dance on Saturday. And um, then we'll really get into game prep, you know, Sunday and, and Monday for that game Tuesday. All right, JC, thank you uh, for joining us. And again, if, well, let's just do this again. Well, hopefully a few more times we'll be talking to you after games on the field, that sort of thing. Um, if not, you know, we're, we're, we, I can't see why not. You got a really good squad there. All right. Yeah. Appreciate it, John. Again, thank you for covering. And yeah, I look forward to talking to you. <laughs> All right. Have a good one. Good you luck. Too. Good luck on All right. Tuesday. All right. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. That was JC Mahan uh, here on kids on the pitch podcast uh this part two this is the girls we're talking about the girls brandon ross eyes joined me again um brandon we had a great conversation a couple coaches that i just enjoy talking to i think they both have a, a they always put their student athletes in first they're always talking about you know I don't know. Every time I interview them, they just seem to be real positive, and I just see a rapport with with their with their players. And uh, I just I just like coaches that have such a positive outlook on things. Yeah, well, when you get that positive rapport um, with with the players and the community and the parents and and everything uh, in between, it's usually a good sign of a healthy program. Um, you, the thing that I've noticed is all of these teams that are consistently in the WPIL playoffs, championships, uh, state championship, et cetera, they all have that positive outlook on the team, the community, the players, the parents, everything in between. And I think that relationship goes a long, long way into um, building that successful bond, successful team and ultimately a successful season. I I think that's a great point. I I appreciate that. And it was interesting, JC's talk, I don't know if you heard that part, but he was talking about making, you know, making sure the schedule went their way so that the girls could enjoy homecoming this coming weekend. Um, That's, that's what, that's the kind of thing that a coach that just really gets it. He sees the big picture. 
Mm -hmm. Exactly. And if you have someone that, like you said, gets it um, and understands where his or her players are coming from and can kind of put themselves in their shoes too, um, that's a sign. That's a healthy sign of a, um, of a good coach player relationship. And we uh, have been um, championing champion. Um, again, my stuttering is coming out, but um, <laughs> we've been, we've really been advocating and um, putting the message out about mental health awareness. Um, we had a wonderful, wonderful podcast. Uh, if you haven't listened to it, I would encourage anyone out there, listen to Libby Mascaro, a former Mount Lebanon star um, soccer player back in the nineties. And she's a mom and she's a soccer coach now. And she coaches at Beadling and um, her daughter plays for Upper St. Clair. You know, she's just, she used to coach the Riverhounds Academy, but, uh, but, you know, mental health awareness is such an important topic. You know, she, um, anyway, the, the, the podcast really, it's a must listen. Um, and we're, we are, you know, we are want to promote a mental health awareness as much as we possibly can here on Pittsburgh soccer now and here on this podcast, because um, we understand these, these are still very young people. Uh, the sports are supposed to be fun. They're supposed to be exciting. And yes, there's going to be pressure involved, but we hope that those pressures are positive, good pressures. And, um, and so we'll continue to, to keep the, the good messages coming. Um, we put out some different resources over the past week. Uh, we're actually going to share more resources over the course of the next few weeks and into November as we continue to cover the postseason uh, in high school boys and girls soccer. But Brandon, um, let's turn our attention now to 3A. This is the one with, you know, everybody out there is going, throwing out all of the, you know, the, the, the planet, space, the worlds are colliding. It's all happening. Um, I, I'm not, I, I don't want to go there. I don't want to go there too much. I just want to talk about these two really great teams. we got Mars, you got, uh, and you got Moon. And I don't even know if I have to really explain the whole scenario. I think most people around WPIL know Mars, you know, 3A have been dominant. They haven't lost a match in years, literally. Uh, and Moon wins 4A, quad 4A. And what do they decide? They, you know, I mean, based on their school enrollment, they go back down to 3A. So here we have it. We're going to have Moon and Mars at the top of 3A in that bracket. But they got to get to the finals first. Um, but of course, everybody's kind of writing them in. Three um, A, you and I both know. Uh, you know, you follow Russ Allegheny pretty closely. Plum is, <laughs> Plum has been at the doorstep, and they've been at the finals the last three years, and only to lose to Mars. Um, but there's other good teams in girls three A too, isn't there? Oh, for sure. I think three A from top to bottom is one of the deepest, um, if not the deepest brackets uh, in both boys and girls soccer. You look at the talent from top to bottom, there are a ton of possible scenarios. Um, and realistically, a lot of teams that can make some runs. Obviously, your favorites are Mars and Moon. but And, and you mentioned Plum. But how about your Thomas Jeffersons? How about your Latrobes, your Hamptons? Even go a little further, South Fayette, even though they're an eight seed, and if they get past Franklin Regional, they get Mars in the first round, uh, assuming that Mars gets past Penn Trafford and Connellsville. Um, but you, you look at all these teams, and realistically, 
every single one of these teams has a legitimate chance of making at the very least a final four run, if not getting into the championship. There are so many different scenarios. It just so happens that arguably the two best teams in all of the WPIL and quite possibly the States are in class three a, and you can throw all the analogies that you want. There's a reason why they're throwing these analogies out between Mars and moon. Um, And that's because it's, at least to me, the two best teams in all the WPIL, if not the entire state of Pennsylvania. And I know that that's a bold statement, but Mars, I want to throw a date out at you. November 10th, 2018. That's the last time Mars lost a game. That was in the PIAA quarterfinals against Blue Mountain. Ever since then, the planets have been unstoppable. And Moon they went to the state championship last year, won it all in the highest classification. And they're only dry. I, I believe they only lost like three or four seniors from that team. Right. Uh, and moon this year, I had a chance to see them and um, um, against West Allegheny, of course, in that game, Haley Longwell, Duquesne recruit, she scored four goals, um, which I believe her and Olivia rank of South Fayette were the only players to score four goals against a pretty talented West Allegheny team led by a pit recruit in herself, Delaney Evers. Mm-hmm. Um, but Moon has the firepower to go toe-to-toe with not only Mars, but any team in the entire state. So I'm really interested to see how this 3A bracket um, shakes down, and it's going to be a fun one to watch. And it's two veteran coaches, Bill Peffer, who – returned to moon last year in his first year back and they've mostly been in were in 3a those years before but then last year just you know you, seneca valley peters north allegheny through 4a is loaded and moon just i mean they won the final four nothing with this group like you're saying with most of those players coming back this year they won 4a in the final beating I believe it was Seneca Valley for nothing in the at Highmark Stadium last year. So it's just, you know, they have the firepower and they have the defense too, because they, they shut everybody down. Um, and so interesting. And then on the Mars side, you got Blair, Blair uh, Gerlach and he's, you know, he just has a way. I mean, first of all, Mars, it's just a whole soccer culture up there, both on the boys and the girls side. They just have a whole culture up there in that community a lot of nice soccer fields up there. If you drive down, um, you know, from um, in that area and you'll see, uh, but always kids playing soccer and there's different things going on in that community. And they really embrace their soccer teams and the girls side, it's just generationally like, you know, brother, uh, brothers and sisters, um, you know, moms and dads that played, you know, 20 some years ago. And it's just, it's an, it's a, a tight knit soccer community and Blair has certainly had his way of getting that program and keeping it at an extremely high level. And they, they play together from at a, you know, at those very young age and at the community level and they build their program from that, uh, that uh, way up. And then of course, some of these players have gone on that we've seen, you know, uh, Ellie Caulfield, for example, at Pitt has, has, former Mo uh, Rosenstiel award winner 
and she's doing really great things at Pitt. So, you know, the pedigree is there, this program, both programs really, Mars and, uh, but I, I, I think back, interesting going back to 2017 and Moon was winning back to back 3A titles and Mars had an extremely young team. That was when Ellie and some of those other players from that group were all freshmen and they met in the WPIL final and Moon was kind of heavily favored in that match. And, but Mars gave them everything they could and they were so young. There were so many freshmen and sophomores. And I think we've been waiting for this match since then, because at that point, I think move, Mars moved up and Moon and they, they, they haven't been in the same classification. So I know we're spending a lot of time talking about Moon and Mars, but uh, I really do think that they are two very special programs. Indeed. But, all right. I mean, yeah. yeah. So, and, and just we'll run through the rest of class three as we talked. There's some other real quality programs there. You talk about a 16 seed, uh, Penn Trafford. That's a team that's dropped from 4A, uh, and they're a 16 seed in 3A. And we know Penn Trafford's had an outstanding program over the years. Um, and they'll have to play Connellsville in that play in match um, on the 3A side. And then to run down the rest, South Fayette is the eight seed. They'll take on Franklin Regional, another real quality program. Uh, Thomas Jefferson plays West Allegheny, who you're very familiar with, on that same side of the bracket in the 4 13 match. And then the 5 12 is Latrobe, another program that dropped down from 4A. Um, down to 3A, and they were second to Plum, and they're the five seed. They're going to host Ringgold, uh, our friend Ed Rosenstiel's uh, helping out at Ringgold. And then on the other side, so the other side is the Moon side, and they'll take on Indiana, um, who the 15 seed. Elizabeth Forward is the seven seed. They'll play Oakland Catholic. That should be a, a good tight match up there. Plum will have to face Kiski, and then uh, as the three seed this time around, and they're on Moon side of the bracket. So the only way they get to see um, Mars again would be is if they get to the final so uh, and can pull it off and beat beat Moon um, or whoever's in front of them. And then finally, Hampton uh, will take on Montour, another team you probably have seen as well. So it should be, like you said, a lot of really good teams in that 3A field. Just saw Montour on Monday, too. That's another sleeper team I'm looking out for. They got a couple of great recruits. Eliana Davin, she's heading yeah. to George Mason, I believe. Um, and goalie Ashley Vish, she's heading to the Division Three Power Westminster out of the President's Athletic Conference, who's been in the conversation of conference championships uh, year in and year out. And then Severia Ulizzi, um, who didn't play on Monday, uh, don't know the, the, the situation there, but she's heading to Carnegie Mellon. She's someone that can do some damage if available. Um, so again, just goes down to there's so many teams in 3A that have a legitimate chance of um, getting really, really far in the playoffs. And it's just, it's a shame that only two teams can battle it out for the championship. Well, the one thing is, is that we'll at least maybe most likely if things work out that way, and if both favorites get to move forward, uh, we'll see not only once, but potentially twice seeing moon and Mars go at it. So that, that should be good. That should be, uh, that should be good for soccer in Western PA. Um, and then one of them I'm sure will represent, um, should be the odds on favor to represent the Western side of the state at the state playoffs in Cumberland Valley uh, in November. So before we wrap up, we talked about every classification um, on the boys side in part one and part two um, here on the girls side, we've covered 1A, 2A and 3A. 
let's wrap it up just briefly. Uh, the, the class 4A girls, just like the boys, not don't have to wait as long as the boys to play on Saturday the 29th. That's when the boys will start their eight-team tournament. But the girls on 4A side uh, will begin on Thursday the 27th, all at the home uh, sites. And it's an eight-team I think free for all, if you ask me, uh, but North Allegheny and Mount Lebanon got the nods as the top, the higher seeds. Um, this, this should be an interesting uh, run here. So we have North Allegheny as a one seed and they have to play Bethel Park, who's been a solid team this year uh, as the eight seed. And then it's, it's same as the boys. You have the, because it's only two sections essentially they're like the first place team in section one is playing the fourth place team in section two. And, and then kind of, kind of works out that way. Um, Seneca Valley is on the same side as North Allegheny. They're the four seed and they will take on, they will host upper St. Clair on that side. And then on the other side, it's Mount Lebanon, who's had a kind of a nice resurgence season, uh, good program. And I think they've had a lot of seniors this year. Uh, they're taking on Pine Richland. Uh, and they'll host them at home. And then, of course, at the bottom of that side of the bracket, bracket number three seed is Peters Township, who finished second to Mount Lebanon uh, with only one loss, 12-1-3 uh, and three, uh, overall, and they will take on Butler. So anything that jumps out at you, Brandon, as far as the girls' quad A? The fact that um, Peters Township is the three seed and Mount Lebanon, it being the two. And here's why. Peters swept the season series. 12-1-3, um, and three, Peters Township only lost coming to Bethel Park. That's the only thing that I can see as to why Peters Township got knocked down um, below Mount Lebanon in the standings. Because when you look at the conference record, yes, Mount Lebanon technically has more wins. But when you look at the conference win record, it's the same um, in terms of percentage. Um, now Peters Township has been there before. They're a, they're a historically very successful program in the highest classification for a number of years. And, um, outside of that Bethel Park blemish that they had early on in the season that came on August 31st, um, Peters Township has looked pretty darn good. Um, now the Mount Lebanon games, 4-3 at PT, 4-2 at Lebo. Um, but the Blue Devils get the two seed. Um, now I'm interested to see if for if those teams were to meet in the semifinals, and that's a big if because there's some talented teams in the other section. That's right. Um, mm -hmm. How how that would fare out? It's tough to beat a team three times in a season. Um, Peters Township can certainly do that, but again got to get there first and you can't overlook Butler because Butler has a very talented team um, and very deep squad that, that runs deep and has run deep for the last couple of seasons. And Pine Richland, of course, tying for third in that section and kind of the, um, the team that got placed fourth in that section, but they're going to make some noise as well. They're going to give Mount Lebanon a run for its money. Um, so like you said, John, this, this four, a bracket is going to be a dogfight. but in terms of, um, North Allegheny, the top seed, um, just, I don't know how you can't go with North Allegheny as the favorites. Um, 
now the only loss comes to Seneca Valley, that being on September 23rd. But look at last year. Um, and, and they and just under- beat Seneca. They just beat them this last week and look correct. They doing so one one nothing on Monday, uh, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Correct. And um, NA and Seneca, that's kind of the rivalry right now in that section. The 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 ultimate rivalry to watch out for. Those two teams are the ones that are going to be battling the most um, for playoff positioning. And um, it, it's if you see those two in the in the semifinals, the thing with NA right now is um, it's kind of giving me the same vibes as last year. Uh, NA had that undefeated season, only one tie to Butler, but beat up on everybody else, then get into the quarterfinals and lay an egg to Fox Chapel. Um, am I saying that history is going to repeat itself? Not necessarily, but NA has got to be very, very careful. I'm sure they're very cognizant of that and they're not going to make the same mistake that they made last season and take Bethel park lightly. Um, well, and so. that's a good point. And the, the 4A level, especially you can get an eight, nine, uh, a seven, six, seven, or an eight seed that has, is very well disciplined, can play, you know, defensively. Um, in a way that, you know, can frustrate an opponent and keep an opponent from scoring. And Fox Chapel did that last year. They went, I think, two games without um, scoring a goal and won both on penalty kicks, made it to the semifinal. Uh, It it was a remarkable run. They didn't score a goal, I think, all the way. And they were almost on the verge of making WPIL final without scoring a goal. It was crazy. Yep, lost, um, but that's the semis. Yeah. And it's one of those things where, you know, if you're disciplined and you just scrap your way through games and you get to penalty kicks and you find a way, that's what happens this time of year. And uh, you know, credit to Fox Chapel last year. And it's it's really interesting. See, so you know, eight teams and you look around, you see, holy cow, there's no Norwin. There's no Fox Chapel. I mean, it's brutal in this quad a level isn't it like these these are teams that are in the playoffs every year they're they're not there this year just goes to show how deep class 4a is um not only in the playoffs but look at both sections um you mentioned fox chapel making that semifinal run they they narrowly missed out on the playoff berth um and in section two canon mac had a decent season 500 record in conference play they didn't make it Norwin finished as the third to last team in the section, only ahead of Baldwin and Hemfield. Um, and that's a Norwin team that historically, like you mentioned, John, has been um, seemingly in the playoff hunt year in and year out. And, uh, you know, with, with everything happening, 4A has been a gauntlet. And the eight teams that got the invite to go to the playoffs, um, quite frankly, consider themselves lucky because any of these teams realistically – could have had a shot of making those uh, top eight playoff spots. It just so happens that these eight are in this year. Well, I think that's a, a good way to wrap things up because, you know, you just, we just don't know what's going to happen in 4A. And I, I think, like I said, there's going to, there's always that six, seven or eight seed that gets through. We could sit here and go, Hey, it's going to be chalk. You got, and it could very well be you North Allegheny Seneca on one side and you could have Mount Lebanon Peters and it's the two basically the two section top two teams are battling it out uh, to see who goes to the final. But, but I, I think that the, the 4A is going to be, uh, it's going to, 
we're going to have to keep close eye on every game because I, in that quarterfinal round, because I think it could go either way um, uh, in any, in really for any of them. So, and looking forward to seeing which players, you know, shine, which players step up and rise above. Um, you know, I, I think that that's going to be an interesting um, kind of see which that's, this is when, when it happens, you know, there's those top tier players can shine and, and, and really um, I think Lucia Wells, uh, at North Allegheny was a sophomore, I believe two years ago and just came out. It, it's kind of, again, that's a talent level of North Allegheny, but it's kind of came out of nowhere and scored a couple of big goals in a very tight contest and was a difference maker. And that's the kind of players that we'll be looking for um, as this tournament begins uh, at all levels. This is that time of year where, you know, the, the seniors that are coming back, they can solidify their legacies, uh, not only within school lore, but within WPIL soccer lore, but also you get those underclassmen that have kind of flown under the radar. They can really make a name for themselves um, in these playoffs and lead these, lead their respective schools to glory. Um, it's just a matter of who steps up and uh, who is um, who the pressure is going to get to. Well, can't wait till it all starts. Uh, Brandon, where will you be uh, over the next couple of weeks in terms of uh, coverage or things that you'll be doing? TBA, uh, at least in terms of WPIAL. Um, okay. I do know that Saturday I am doing three college soccer games. I have both Robert Moore soccer games, women's against Cleveland State, men's against Detroit Mercy. And then I'm hopping over to Zach Weiss's part of the woods and, he, okay. and covering Duquesne men's soccer as they take on Fordham. Duquesne falling last night mm -hmm. uh, or a couple of nights ago to Pitts in a, um, a fun matchup. I'm sure that you guys would be able to agree on um, in terms of playoffs, not sure where I'm going to end up since, mm -hmm. you know, with West Allegheny, I would be covering them, but, they're on the road, so not entirely sure where I'm going to end up. It'll be um, – that'll kind of be decided probably over the weekend, but looking forward to it uh, in the meantime. Well, we'll definitely uh, keep close tabs, stay in close touch, and as we get moved towards the Highmark Stadium, the finals, uh, I think it's going to be all hands on deck from anybody who's contributed to Pittsburgh soccer now when we get to that weekend. So who knows? We'll, we'll, we'll be talking more about that and sharing that with all of our followers um, who will be contributing that weekend. Um, but yeah, Brandon, I, I think this – I really appreciate you joining me. This is uh, – these two um, two-part podcasts – uh, your insights, your knowledge, you're a play-by-play -play man, and you are you come prepared, and you you have uh, real good in-depth knowledge of, of of the high school soccer scene. Just trying to just trying to do my part in giving you know the 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 attention that these kids deserve um, at all levels. So I'm just glad I can do my part and, and am able to broadcast that at a level like Pittsburgh soccer now. All right. So everyone out there just will be uh, keeping up at the first few rounds. It'll be mostly uh, we'll be sharing all the scores and just doing our part to promote the game and all the good action that uh, will come out of the, the postseason. Uh, we may be making an appearance or two out at some of the sites if um, uh, you know, if it warrants, uh, we can get out there. And um, but definitely we will be wall to wall coverage at Highmark Stadium when the finals begin as of now is out at Highmark stadium today, uh, doing some stuff with the Riverhounds, and it will be Thursday. It's scheduled Thursday, 
um, November uh, 3rd uh, through Saturday, November 5th. There are some potential contingency just in case the hounds would just have this crazy situation where they would end up hosting a, a, a conference semi, uh, no, the conference final by that weekend. Um, no, actually conference semifinal uh, at Highmark Stadium. We'll see that that's, but there, there, there might be some alterations in the schedule, but for now it was put out there. Um, I believe Thursday, it will be the, for the finals. It will be the boys 2A, it's same as last year, I believe, boys 2A and then girls 4A on Thursday, the 3rd of November. Friday will yeah, be I... two 1A matchups and then everybody else will play on Saturday. I do know that um, both of the 1A championships are on Friday, November 4th. And the only reason I know that is because that's probably the only day that I'm going to be available for the WPIL championships. Um, and so, yeah, that's that's the only one I know that's kind of set in stone. Except, um, unless, as you mentioned, if the Riverhounds make this improbable run, so All we'll right. see. Looking forward to it for sure. All right. Well, again, Brandon, thanks for joining me, and uh, we'll look forward to these playoffs. Can't wait. Thank you for having me, and uh, looking forward to doing this again. Thank you very much. All right. Thanks.